1: Welcome to
0: Heels and Quads.
1: If you've ever wondered how we started our podcast and how we record our podcast, the answer is so so simple. Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can make money from your podcast no matter if you have one listener or a thousand listeners. Downloads, everything. I mean, it's so simple. If you're creating something, get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now.
2: Welcome to the Heels and Quads podcast. I'm
1: Levi, at Levi on
2: Twitter. And I'm
1: Dr. Tommy Walter on Twitter. And today joining us, our guest sometimes referred to as Bastard in the ring. I'm not going to call him that because I don't want the cannonball. At Dave (laughs) Mastiff. Dave, thanks for joining us, man.
3: How you doing, guys?
1: All right, we got you this time. We had a technical difficulty the first time.
2: Yeah, I
3: believe it was my microphone, not quite a playing ball.
2: And this is our first guest that is in a different country right now. Yeah, so hopefully the feed holds up.
3: Oh, fantastic. Well, the the wonders of Wi-Fi. I'm sure we'll be fine.
2: Hopefully that does the trick. Sure. David just got. I just got done watching some of your matches, man, and you're you're quite the beast in ring.
3: Oh, thanks very much. I, you're quite. Uh, you're I,
2: quite the mastiff, for lack of a better term.
3: Well, yeah. So hopefully the well the shoe fits. That's what the the expression is, isn't it? So yeah. Hopefully we saw some good ones.
2: Yeah, I watched you and Adam Cole. I watched you and Samoa Joe. Uh, you and Prince Devitt and uh, Kevin Steen or Kevin Owens, whatever you want to call him.
3: Yeah, a few guys, uh... Uh,
2: I think that you and you and Kevin was a was a great one because you're both like bigger built guys, so it was like that, you know, that running into each other and kind of stopping thing. That's just it was it was a really good uh, power match
3: yeah irresistible force against the immovable object is, uh, <laughs> gorilla monsoon yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's a classic so uh, that that's a match that uh, everyone seems to ask me about uh looking back on and at the time it was just uh you know it, it felt good and all that kind of stuff and i didn't really think too much of it in terms of uh you know trying to trying to blow my own trumpet and say, oh, yeah, well, we did really great. It just—it was just an, a, another day at the office kind of thing, and right. I'm sure Kevin felt the same. But going on from that, a lot of people always say, oh, I saw you against Kevin Owens, and, oh, I watched this match, and it was you and Kevin Owens, and, oh, it was brilliant. And and it kind of took me by surprise the amount of, the amount of positive comments that I get about that match. So it's a it's obviously a, a nice thing to have
2: so it must be awesome to have a match and you know like you said you you feel like it's just another day at the office and then after people see it they're like wow that was that was fucking awesome man and and you know you you see it as just another match uh,
3: so could you repeat that guys
2: well i was saying it was you know it's 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 got to be cool to you know you have a match, and for you, like you said, it's just another day at the office. But, you know, a week later or so, everybody's like, wow, that match was awesome. And That's not uh, – does that happen a lot? Like, is that surprising when you hear it?
3: Uh, well, I, I think every, every match that I have um, – I, I, I can't speak for everyone else, obviously, but for myself, every match that I have, I do treat it in the absolute most professional manner. So it does tend to become repetition and just and going out there to try and put on the best show possible and have the best match that you can have with someone um so you, I try not to get caught up in in the hysteria and the hype that surrounds certain things or certain events and you know i think I think that's one of the reasons why i'm I feel quite level headed about things and just try to keep going about it and doing. Do my job, and to get you know the the positive comments afterwards and the praise afterwards is always uh, I don't want to say surprising, but it's you know, it's always really really nice to get. Uh, there's, there's obviously criticism that comes with everything, and criticism that you can that you can take forward to improve yourself is uh, a necessity in this business and in this job. But to get the the positivity out of it as well is obviously something that everyone looks for, I guess
2: yeah you just keep keep humble that's always a good thing
3: yeah absolutely yeah that was
1: that was the word I was going to use just now, listening to that you, you stay very humble about everything you don't um, you don't take yourself to a, to a different level when you're speaking, you just come off as very calm and relaxed and you know, very humble
3: for yeah, for lack of a better term. Yeah, well, I try and I, I always. I think it's important to have humility, obviously. And it, the truth is, what we do for any one of us, it could end at any moment, really, with some kind of injury or any kind of change in circumstance. So I always see it as important not to take that for granted. Um, and. Moving uh, and going, you know, show by show is the best possible attitude that I think you can have because you're always looking to improve, always looking to 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 make the most of what you've been given. Um, and there's, yeah. there's no point in getting an ego because I always feel that there's going to be someone better than you or someone that can teach you something new. So, right, like someone you can he, learn from. Absolutely. Any ego, just, you're not, ego.
2: Awesome. Well, it's awesome to have a good mind like that, you know. It's it's great to talk to guests like that as well. Oh, sorry. Well, it's, it's awesome to have guests like that that are, you know, they can tell you how to be, and they can tell you how to be in the business to make it.
3: We, we there? Uh, hi, mate, uh, the, uh, the feeds am not catching oh. everything the same. saying. Okay. I'll
1: try to adjust here.
2: that a different spot?
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: I can hear you great Can right you now. hear me? Okay. Yep. Okay, good. Okay. Cool.
1: It was me then. Um. So, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, um, how did you? When did you become a fan of pro wrestling? Eventually, get into the business.
3: Uh, I became a fan at quite a young age. Uh, so. Looking back, I think, I think would I'd, I'd seen bits of wrestling from about the age of four or five, and I really started paying attention to it around the age of seven, seven or eight. Uh, I can remember watching the nineteen ninety two Royal Rumble uh on Sky Television and uh seeing like episodes of superstars. WCW also used to be shown on Saturday afternoons on terrestrial television in England. Uh and from from there up, I managed to go to see wrestling shows on uh, when I was on a holiday were in the the coastal towns in Great Britain. Um and local town hall shows as well so that was kind of the the, the way I got into it and it became very know, I, I suppose it became a little bit obsessive as it does when you're when you're so young whether it be you know wrestling or I don't know f- football or basketball or, or any other karate things like that they tend to become very obsessive when you're at a young age and I just I carried on watching and enjoying the product I think at one point when I get into my early teenage years, I kind of stepped back and I started doing other things. Uh, And it seemed that most children did because it didn't seem to be as popular. But then right around the time, the Attitude Era took over. I think I was 14, 15, something like that maybe. And it just seemed to boom again. And I started watching even more of it. And that led me to the, uh, then the thought path of, uh, thinking well, all these guys that we see on TV every week on Raw and Nitro and stuff—they, you know, they're paid professionals and this is what they do for a living. So, and they're—they're not—they're not exactly young people. You know, you've got guys that are 30, 40, 50 years of age. So, you, you know, it's not impossible to do, surely. And I, from then on, I decided, well, that's what I want to do. And then I set about trying to find a, a wrestling school to. Learn how to do this. Cool. Did you go?
2: Oh, go ahead. I heard uh, you know during that Samoa Joe match, that explosion taping. They said uh, he was a judge at the British wrestling camp. Is that? Did you? Was that a school you went to?
3: Uh, Samoa Joe was the judge was that
2: at the at the boot yeah.
3: camp right yeah it was like british boot camp or something oh yeah uh british boot camp was uh, tna's uh, brainchild, uh, where they wanted to make a, a product based from the uk to obviously substantiate their uk audience and they did the first uh, boot camp in 2012 or 13 maybe uh where they made a little reality series with four of the British talent and eventually one of them won a contract to be with Teenage Wrestling. Uh, They decided to make a second series a couple of years later and uh, they changed the format slightly uh, to accommodate as many people as possible and they had a whole kind of uh, audition round and tryout round for hundreds of different applicants Uh, and then they went on to film the reality series off the back of that with the six people that they chose to go to the finals in America. And the uh, the judging panel was Al Snow, Samojo Joe, and Gail Kim. Oh,
2: okay. Were you on the first season or the second season?
3: Uh, I was the second season. Uh, the first season was run uh, was won by Rockstar Spud, who's uh, one of my best friends. Uh, and the second series uh, was, uh, there, was well, there was hundreds of guys they they approached uh about a dozen of us who they wanted to be on this on the series and many more employed afterwards as well and then they took through uh i think they they took 12 or 15 to a big show they did in london in your in the york hall which is a famous wrestling venue and boxing venue in britain uh, in london and then from there they took six of us to america for a couple of weeks where we toured with the tna and Filmed more stuff for the series.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I was curious about that. I never, I didn't watch that when it was on. So,
3: yeah, I believe it's um, it was made for British television, Challenge TV. Uh, oh, okay. But I, I think they have the episodes on YouTube, maybe now. Okay. So, so, so
1: more or like less enough, like type of reality series, and exclusive to the UK.
3: Yeah, pretty much. It was. It was that exactly, just a version of tough enough for, you know, um, America's got talent, Britain's got talent, that kind of thing.
1: Right. Okay.
2: Makes sense. Yeah, I didn't, when they were trying to expand over there, when uh, TNA was kind of at a high point back then, I think. I guess, higher.
3: Yeah. They they had a very strong presence in, in Britain. Uh, due to their product, their weekly product being shown on a television channel that was uh, accessible to um, to all the the 60 million or 65 million people that live in Britain, every one of them who had a television could access uh, Impact, and that meant uh, because it was on free TV, so therefore they had good viewing numbers for it. Uh, whereas WWE people have to pay a subscription to their cable company and Sky company to see Raw every week and SmackDown every week. So they had a real strong place in the market in Britain. And to throw a UK-based series to their UK viewers was uh, really smart of them at the time. So I was going
1: to ask you, I I became really interested in this uh, while I was kind of promoting you on Twitter few weeks um mm-hmm. could you tell us a little
3: bit about uh, suplex apparel okay yeah um well suplex apparel they're, they're my sponsor uh and they uh make pro wrestling based uh clothing athletic wear for the gym and uh t-shirts with professional wrestling slogans and that support and uh promote some of the best pro- independent professional wrestlers in the world uh it was a it was a concept of one of my very good friends who's a a referee on the British scene, Joel. And uh he he originally wanted to create a, a sports clothing brand that was synonymous with professional wrestling in the way that um uh in the way that tap out was synonymous with mixed martial arts. Uh so he went to he, he came up with the whole concept of having a team of athletes and pushing the athletic side of professional wrestling, and and to be fair, it's taken off uh, all over the world. It's, it's really successful. So and that that grew from a small concept into uh, a full time living for my friend Joel.
1: Yeah, and it obviously taken off because I actually tried to buy some last couple of weeks, and nothing was sold out. So they're
3: doing yeah. The- Oh yeah, there'll be plenty of restocks as well before any new ranges come out. there's regular releases of new stuff as well. So you'll be able to you will be able to get your hands on that at some point I'm sure.
2: Yeah, I'll keep trying. I'll have to get a hold of some um, as well.
1: Yeah, it, it's cool stuff. I don't know if you've seen it, Levi, but I mean they even have like tracksuits and stuff like that, so it's pre- it's pretty cool looking stuff, for sure.
3: You'll see, uh, you'll see some of the guys, Matt Riddle, Zach Saber Jr., myself, um, Chelsea Green, Jeff Cobb. We, we all obviously wear the apparel as part of our deal and stuff, and it is, it is super cool, and there's a lot of stuff, uh, you know, for, for use in the gym, so good athletic apparel. But also, if you just want a, you know, a really cool shirt to show your support for one of, and the, you know, one of the top indie guys, then there's a, a good choice. You know, guys like Angelico are in the team, myself as well. Uh, and there's the previous alumni who are now part of other companies and stuff as well.
2: now yeah, we'll be sure to get our hands on some of that.
3: Yeah, definitely.
2: Um. So you're, now, you're... What was that, Tommy? Oh, say that. No, I was just going to ask you, your your first match, Dave, uh, was that in Revolution British Wrestling?
3: My first match was... Um, Your your early days, per se? um, I I think my first ever match was for a company called BXW, Beyond Extreme Wrestling, and they did... End up becoming uh, Revolution British Wrestling. The, the promoter started uh, going into business with another guy, and they became Revolution British Wrestling. So, my first ever match was was for them before they were them kind of thing.
2: Okay, yeah, and you didn't you didn't go by Dave Mastiff yet, did you?
3: No, I didn't. No, that was a uh, pre Dave Mastiff. I think that would have been Dave Morales. Okay,
2: yeah, I was curious about that. I was I was reading about you online and stuff just trying to get some details and it said that your first known match was at Revolution British Wrestling so I wanted to confirm that in case uh, the internet wasn't lying again yeah (laughs) it's always
3: good to check the facts but uh, that's pretty accurate it would have been May 2002 um, in Nottingham, England okay I don't know if that's the one you got up
2: uh no. Um no, I didn't I didn't say. I didn't see that. So you've been you've been wrestling for 16 years now.
3: Yeah, nearly 16 years.
2: Wow. Does it does it feel more boy. does it feel more natural uh year by year or day by day?
3: Uh, uh Oh, I would say so. It feels um it's such a huge part of my life, and I've been doing it for such a long time. You know, I've been doing it for essentially half my life. Yeah. So it's it's it, it's just ingrained in me now, is what I would say.
2: All right. What were you gonna say, Tommy? There was I cut you off earlier.
1: Oh no, it's fine. Um, I was just I was gonna ask um, about your match with Ishi. With
3: with who? Ishi. Oh yeah Tom Har Ishi yeah yeah the, uh, November was it last year Yes yeah that was uh, that was cool. I enjoyed that uh, he's uh, I think he's very accomplished, really tough um, and a hell of a professional so to be to be able to test myself with Ishi and again, like I said at the start there's always someone to learn from and something to learn from but I always think there's something to learn from everyone that you ever end up wrestling. And, you yeah, know, that was definitely a case. So I felt like a, I went in there with Ishii and I came out with something new to to work on, something new to aim for.
1: There a, I've always wondered this. Is there a language barrier when you're working with someone from Japan?
3: Uh, the, yeah, the the conversations that you can have with them isn't exactly fluent uh but uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you that you feel naturally when you when you wrestle and it, it, it's body mechanics if you know if i if i twist your arm this way then you're going to go in a certain direction and things like that so it's it's relatively straightforward to do and if anything it uh, i think sometimes with that language barrier it uh, causes less confusion as well, if I'm honest, because some people who, you know, you might articulate your point to someone in a certain way and they might perceive it in a totally different way to how you've meant it. And that kind of can't happen when you wrestle guys that don't speak the same language as you fluently and vice versa.
1: And it probably makes the match a little more organic as far as you have more of a feel for a crowd because you can't necessarily communicate as well as you might like to with someone
3: else you're you're basically
1: working off a of body
2: language in a match like that
3: yeah everything's uh, more or less everything there is about physicality and taking your opportunities when you get them there's no necess- you know there's no way to really uh, to really tell someone what you're going to do other than to do it and then you go with it and when they want to you know if they want to take charge of you and they they want to get get going then they they take their opportunity that that they see and vice versa. and, and again same with you
2: okay
1: is the connections yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was oh, kind.
2: Of, it was kind of. I heard some chopping for a second, so I was. I was waiting <laughs> <quite> it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all kind no, of at like, the same time, so I think we all. Kind
2: we of no, we lost. We lost Dave. We lost Dave.
1: Okay.
2: We're having some. We were having some connection issues there for a minute.
3: Yeah, sorry about that. I think the. Uh, I think the transatlantic time zone is uh, a little bit of an issue, but hopefully you've got some good uh, editing software there.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we can touch it up.
3: That's <laughs> all uh, so, right, then. Now, it's, it's kind of off the topic
2: of wrestling for a second, but I know in every other country other than America, pretty much, uh, football's a big thing, so who's, who's your football club, if you have one?
3: Well, my football team, uh, Manchester United. Um, I, I live... I live about an hour and twenty minutes away from Manchester, which in in England is uh, is a huge distance. There's a whole variety of football clubs more local to me, um, but I've have supported Manchester United since I've been about four four years old. Um, so it's it's not uh, they, because they're so successful. We uh, you get accused of what we call glory bandwagon, so, yeah, chasing the chasing the winners and things like that but yeah that wasn't the case for me I had, it was just
2: i, I had a guy mm. working for me during the summer and, and i learned i learned the importance i had to ask because i learned the importance of it then to, he was from uh liverpool so, oh god yeah so he's a liverpool fan and he just was not a man city or man united guy
3: well the man city are kind of to, to to that to to that guy who was a liverpool fan Man City are not liked, but Man City generally aren't liked anyway because of the amount of money that they've had pumped into the club by foreign businessmen. Ah, okay. Their success. Um, But Liverpool, Manchester United, whatever it goes, that's that's massive. And that goes... uh, That's a cultural thing. People from Liverpool didn't like Mancunians. Mancunians didn't like Liverpoolians. And it all, it all dates back to,
1: um, Ah, we lost him again.
2: Apologize. No, Ap- just... Apologize again. <laughs> we're having some, <laughs> some internet, uh, connecting issues, I guess.
3: Yeah. We'll, we'll get there though. I'm, I'm confident. Yes. Um,
1: just to kind of sum that up for maybe people here in the States that are listening that aren't familiar with Manchester United, I would compare them in the States to the New York Yankees.
3: Yeah, that that would be about right. And uh, and Liverpool are kind of uh, maybe the, the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, something like that. Okay, yeah, so, we so. Don't,
1: we, I don't like Liverpool then.
3: <laughs> no, don't. you're best off that way.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a Yankees fan. I grew up in New Jersey, so I, I am a, definitely a diehard Yankees fan.
3: Yeah, there we go. So the, I, I know i I've been to New Jersey before, so it's uh it's a I've lovely been to New place, York as well. Yeah, I enjoyed it there. I uh I was in Elizabethtown, New Jersey.
1: Yes. Very
3: familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw uh am going back to maybe two thousand and four, I saw a, a Ring of Honor show there at the uh, the Rexplex Center, maybe was it called? That's right. You're yeah. Right. And we me and my friends we got stranded there at like midnight and there was no buses back into manhattan so we ended up getting a a taxi uh and the the taxi we got back there were there were bullet holes in the side of the car and (laughs) and uh, have you ever seen have you ever seen ali g yeah uh, yeah the taxi driver was essentially the the borat character he
1: was he
3: was yeah he he was hilarious He, he was he was a great guy and he Uh, He kept talking to us guys about English football and how much he loved Paul Gascoigne, who was by that point retired, but he had a great World Cup in the year 1990, so I don't know what he'd seen of English football, but it definitely wasn't anything current at the time. (laughs) But yeah, he was hilarious.
1: Did we drop again? Are we okay?
3: Now I've got you guys.
1: Okay, all right. Um, I was gonna ask uh, if you had if you had to if you had to pick a handful of matches, what say? Let's say three. What three matches would you advise people to watch of of you?
3: Oh. That's a hard question to uh, answer. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I. Cause I, I, I I don't tend to I don't know what my best matches really are um, obviously it's, it's subjective to to people who watch them um, I would say or maybe
2: three of your favourites
3: oh well I would say the the match with Kevin Owens uh, that's a, a good snapshot of uh, the kind of things I can do and what I'm about uh, that's that's one to watch and a lot of people obviously seem to watch that anyway Uh
1: Else?
3: Hmm. Oh, it's so tricky. so tricky to say. On yeah, these,
1: um... i Yeah, I shouldn't have asked that question so soon. No, <laughs> I oh, kind no. Of like on the spot too. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, that's I, should fine. Have, no I should have
1: built that one up.
3: Nah, it's fine now, this... you, I'd do, say just... you,
1: do you go back and watch your matches afterward, or do you just kind of like say like people in film they don't really like to watch themselves on screen?
3: Uh, well, you have to watch what you do back uh, mm-hmm. from a critique standpoint, uh, but I don't. I, I might not watch every match back. Um, sometimes you get a feeling for the match once you've done it, and you can think about things that you that you need to improve on, or things that you think worked well, and you can add to that. Um, other times, like say you do. It's, other times you do have to watch it back to pick things up because you might not have realised what was going on quite at the time. So I, t- I tend to watch them back, maybe not all of them all the time. Um, and you know, sometimes you, you know, sometimes you don't want to watch a match back, but you kind of you have to force yourself because. Do you think?
0: It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our Powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill. Plus, take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. Insured by NCUA. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together, we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash goldcard. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.
3: you're off the pace or something, then it's hard to, you know, you don't want to admit it. You think, oh, I wasn't happy with, with that match, but you need to watch your back to find out why. Why weren't you happy? What was wrong? You need to fix that. So it is important.
2: Learn another, it, another learning process.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It, it, it's like homework. It's like uh, I compare it to, you know, podcasting. I don't like to go back and listen to all of our shows. I'll, I'll pinpoint certain times or something and go back and, you know, maybe see where I might have crossed my words or whatever. But I don't like to listen to myself. You know, on audio.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to
2: start reading the dictionary so I know more than five <laughs> words.
3: <laughs> so, but exactly. Anything that you, you want to do in life, uh, anything you want to be good at, then it's important to to have a some time and some room for, for self-evaluation. And not always can people critique you to the level that you want to be critiqued. So you have to find... Ways and means to be able to critique yourself and, and move yourself forward, and that's no matter what you want to do. If you want to be a professional wrestler, you have to find ways to watch what you do and learn from those mistakes and, and enhance your your ability. Whether it's you know, like say, being in the podcast game, you're going to listen to what you've done back, uh, to how things sound, think about what new software you can use, I guess, and uh, you know, and things like that. Timings, format. And, and like I say, if you if you if you're a bin collector, you're going to turn around, and if you want to be a better bin collector, if you want to be the best bin collector in the world, you're going to turn around and look back and say, "What can I do to make myself the best bin collector in the world?" So.
2: Right. So so looking forward, what uh, what matches can people look forward to upcoming for you? Are you on? Uh, got a lot of big matches coming up.
3: Oh, I've done, uh, done a bit of big matches. I know what I've got in my diary for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in Ireland on Sunday for OTT Wrestling, who are really, really strong promotion. Uh, they, they've got the video on demand service so today worth checking out. Uh, but I'll be there Sunday for them. I think I'm against one of their younger guys, uh, LJ Cleary or something. Uh, it'd be good yeah, to see that's correct. About. That's
1: the one I've been promoting on Twitter.
3: Yeah, that would be the one. Thank you very much for that promotion. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I think I'm. I think I've got a, uh, I've got a match with a guy who was in part of the WWE UK tournament. Uh, Saxon Huxley I've got a match with him coming up. Uh, I believe that's, that's, that's the
1: beginning of February. Correct.
3: Yeah, I think the second or something. Yeah, that about right. yeah and I've got a. I've got some stuff coming up with the five star wrestling in the UK, um, IPW, uh, uh, Rev Pro, all the all the kind of regular places I wrestle. I'm I'm not quite sure on what matches I have. I tend to, I always tend to find out what matches I have when the graphics get released on social media. So, ah, okay, I'll, yeah, I see. I will see. I see. I know what dates I have in my diary, and then.
2: I've been told by some guys that sometimes you won't know, like, the match until you get there.
3: Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I suppose when, when you're brand new and you're, you're very young in, in the job, that you always want to know who you're wrestling and, and think about the things you could possibly do. But, you know, you, you, we wrestle at the minute. such a volume of shows uh, in so many places against so many people that you just take one at a time, uh, and if someone told me, oh, in, in a month's time you're wrestling this guy, well, in the next three and a half weeks, I've probably forgot that I'm going to wrestle him until the week of the show, and then I can do ah, some okay. research. If, if I don't know who it is, I can do a bit more research, see what they're about, and then come up with some ideas. But if not, you just get there, and you know, you you just go for it. That's yeah, and, and that's a that's a con uh, and a uh, comfort thing as well, because at some point you have to become confident in your ability to know that you can that you can work with these people and you can put on a good show.
2: All right, cool. Yeah, I gotcha. You want to know when you show up that whenever you go out there that you're gonna let the crowd go home happy. That's what that's what matters.
3: Uh, no, I don't, I don't know about let the crowd go home happy. Let the let the crowd go home.
2: Money's worth.
3: Wanting to see, yeah, yeah, feeling like they've they've got the value and they want to see more. Right, wanting to come back, begging for more. That's always the uh, that's always the best way, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Oh, when I said happy, I kind of meant like they got their money's worth. Happy about the money.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's probably me just being a bit pedantic. No, beat. no, because when you're,
2: I guess, when you're a heel, you, or whoever's working the heel, I mean, you got to piss off the crowd too. So.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, it's a, there's a big, I guess there is a big misconception, you know, in professional in wrestling. People always think that if the prey don't go home really happy in terms of their emotion, then something was wrong at the end of the show, but that's absolutely not the case. You know, if we, if we look at wrestling like any other form of entertainment, if, if we look at wrestling as a, a series of films, then you know you sometimes you watch the you know the middle film trilogy, and it's not quite clear cut at the end, and you want people to want to come back and want to watch another film, you know. If, like Star Wars. I, I always thinking. Well, yeah, exactly. The the episode five is it, um, which uh, what's episode five called? Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Thanks. See, I'm not the biggest Star Wars buff, but <laughs> we, Empire Strikes Back is obviously all about the, uh, the the domination of the villains. So that makes you want to go and watch Return of the Jedi, which is perfect. And that's sometimes what you know wrestling shows are. They're the the catalyst to want to see another one.
2: Yeah, that's a good comparison. I like that. that makes sense.
1: When that's oh, like, I'm
3: talking some sense then.
1: <laughs> you can't you can't have a great face if you don't have an even better heel.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's always there's always got to be a a really good antagonist to to any kind
2: of drama
3: or yeah, and, and no matter whether it's in sport or film or or anything else, there's, there's always there's always got to be someone that people absolutely despise because if they don't despise anyone and they never want to see anyone beat them or overcome them in that capacity. It's really simplistic, isn't it, I guess?
2: Yeah. All right. Well, once again, everybody, that was Dave Mastiff. We really, really thank you for coming on the show today, man. It was a pleasure talking to you. I don't know. I think it's it's getting late over there, so I don't want to keep you too long.
3: Yeah, no problem. It's, uh, It's quickly approaching probably better be up frightened early and you know early bird gets the worm as they say over here right yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah man we really appreciate you coming on and uh obviously we'll keep uh pushing for you on twitter uh promoting uh the sunday dublin ireland uh ott wrestling and anything coming forward so thanks Follow Dave at Dave Mastiff on Twitter if you would.
2: You're an awesome guest, man, and I had to. I started to the close out there because you kind of left with some good words of wisdom. I really like that last little last little spot. So I think we closed it on a good note. All right.
1: All right, and we and he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we lost him. So he, he just mic dropped us. <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's well, great. Massive. That was. Yeah, he is
2: being—he was being a mastiff. I like it.
1: But you know what, Levi? It was hard to even ask him questions because he was so—he was so compelling as a guest. Like I just yeah. wanted to, listen to him talk.
2: Exactly, exactly. Um, he's really smart. He's very yeah. smart.
1: Well, and it's that you know proper Queen's English as compared to our broken, you know. Yeah, yes. I mean that's why I like that's
2: yeah exactly that's why I like talking. I like I like uh, the United Kingdom because everyone's so. They just have such great English. I like it. So
1: proper. I love it. Yes. And I think that's why, as, you know, especially us being Arkansans, you know, we, you know, constantly... Well, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) And it's refreshing to hear someone was... And for such a big, you know, overpowering guy, he's so proper and calm and cool and collected. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, very... You can tell his... I wouldn't want to piss him off, though. <laughs> that's I was about to say
2: that. I was going to say, he's the type of dude you can tell you don't want to fuck with. You
1: don't want... Or get on his bad side. Right. You don't want that massive temper. No. Anyways, guys, so check out Dave Mast- Mastiff if you're in Dublin this Sunday, OTT Wrestling. We got all the links on Twitter. I got links to the
2: tickets. And if not, you need to check him out online or any anywhere you can find him and watch some of his matches because he's got great in-ring work and he's... He's like that old-school powerhouse, that old-school English powerhouse, man. He's, he's a beast. He's a but Mastiff. Very,
1: but very, very good agility. He is – Yeah. I yeah. would compare him to a Kevin Owens type, you know, big but yeah, very totally. agile.
2: Totally. Um,
1: or even or even a young uh, big show, you yep. know, very big but, you know, agile. I mean, he hits um, a
2: dropkick that looks like it's going to knock you through the ropes. Yes. So.
1: <laughs> I read an article today, actually, that had a lot of his moves comparing him to Shawn Michaels.
2: Yeah, no. his,
1: his agility. Um, so, yeah, check him out. Check him out on Twitter. Check us out on Twitter at Heels and Quads. Check me out on Twitter at Mr. Tommy Walter. And for the love of God, somebody follow Levi on Twitter. Somebody
2: follow me at Levi D. Zindel, Please, can I get some followers? tell Levi me, some love, guys. That tells me nobody cares about me and nobody's listening to me. And if you're not, then, then whatever. But just follow me anyways.
1: You got you to gotta start promoting people like me.
2: <laughs> yeah well
1: you're that's probably why you're you're the man you do all the work all the work so uh, yeah but you ask better questions i just get awe of somebody's ability because <laughs> i can't talk half the time
2: yeah well i don't ask that good of questions but
1: yeah all right but he did he left on a great mark um some good information there especially for anybody up and coming um stay level-headed don't right. don't be, be an humble. asshole for lack yeah. of a better term you know Um, So we will talk to you guys next time
2: on heels and quads.